7 o'clock. Good morning, Pyle. How you doing? Thanks for starting your Tuesday with us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. First ever Monday night football playoff game. And Dak and the Cowboys with an impressive win. Though, um, extra point kicking was a problem last night with the Cowboys. But that was... Yeah, to say the least. What, Brett Maher, one time, I think one time Bronco, I believe, for a brief period of time. I believe so. Missed, what, four in a row last night? Yikes. Hey, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. But, Whoops. But here's the good news, though. <laughs> the good news is that it turned out to be perfectly fine. It's okay. This week. And from uh, Kearney, Nebraska, by the way, Brett Maher. Uh, I don't see him as a I'm active at... or practice squad roster guy. Who's that? Brett Maher. Yeah. He might have been at some point. I just don't see it. On Former Winnipeg Blue Bomber. There you uh, go. That's where you know him from. It's the CFL. Yeah, I thought he thought he was a cow or thought he was a Bronco at one point, but I I stand corrected. It's it's early hey, Tuesday wait, morning. He might be, but uh, they might have brought it. Brought Jets, him in. Cowboys, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, Hamilton Tiger Cats. They probably brought him in for competition for. That terrible kicking jabroni, Brandon McManus. You know. Yeah, but no, I uh, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. I thought at one point he was with the Broncos, but no, Jets, Washington, Texans, and he's had a good season up until last night where he only yikes. missed three AP. That's why they moved it back though. Yeah, because it was automatic from the ten or whatever. Move it back a little bit, and then he whiffs. And whiffs and whiffs and whiffs. And you could just, the expression on his face was, oh my God, what 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 just happened here? Mm-hmm. What happened? It was um, yeah, four extra points last night. Dak Prescott losing his mind when he missed the third one. Just, oh, yeah. But um, last night, did we see maybe the final game of Tom Brady's career? Maybe. It's entirely possible. That it that... definitely feels it's his last game as a buck with the whole tour of goodbyes and thank right. yous in the post game. Yeah, there seemed, and the way he kind of waved at the crowd mm-hmm. walking off the field, it was very much a thank you, Tampa Bay. Thank you for the time here. Yep. Thanks for the Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh out of the Broncos coaching search. Looks like he will stay at Ann Arbor. Broncos slated to interview Sean Payton today. I saw Payton yesterday on Colin Cowherd's show. He makes a regular appearance on there since he works for Fox, and so he was on there. And he'd interviewed with the Texans, and Cowherd asked him, hey, look, you know, Houston's got obviously a lot of issues. Probably need to look for a quarterback are those things that scare you away from that job? And 
Of course, what's Sean Payton supposed to say? Yeah. Hell yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to work for Cal McNair. No, it's like, hey, look, it's great organization. We know them from times we've had joint practices and you know, I I don't know the McNair's real Cal McNair real well, but I I know him and and I I I'd feel comfortable, you know, with that situation. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. But uh Harbaugh, so now Harbaugh's out of the mix. This year. Well, when you bounce a first-time head coach, you know, a year from now he might be back in play. Let's let's hope that's not the case. Well, if it's if it ends up being Sean Payton, he will not get bounced after the first year, mm-hmm. regardless. They'll have invested too much in him. Oh yeah, to bounce him after if they win two or three games, which they'll win more than two or three games. Are they going to try to get Matt Lafleur again so they can try to get Aaron Rodgers again? No, I, I or are they going to hire think. a coach that doesn't necessarily matter what quarterback he uses? Because they screwed that up the first time around. So who moves up to? Because it was kind of, it's kind of Peyton and Harbaugh, right? They were like one and two. Mm-hmm. So now that Harbaugh's out, does that mean Dan Quinn moves from three to two? Is there somebody else in there that that maybe? has a leg up on Dan Quinn of the Jim Caldwells and and of the coaches they've talked to, Ajiro Vero. I wouldn't count out Raheem Morris either. I wouldn't. I think Cody Rourke, he was very high on Caldwell. He was very high on Jim Caldwell, and I just... Caldwell seems just to me like... I like Jim Caldwell. I just think he'll be really an out-of-left-field kind of choice. Yeah. A choice that I think the fan base will not be thrilled with. No. Because they'll view him as retread. Why why didn't we do better? Because I think they'd view Dan Quinn better than Jim Caldwell. Well, and there's still this, you know, expectation of why wouldn't the biggest name in sports want to come here? And if they don't get it, the biggest name in the sport, Peyton Manning, whatever, then it's kind of like they f- there's a slap in the face. I feel the fan base would take Jim Caldwell as a slap in the face. That we didn't do, it, it, not good enough. Yeah. He's a retread you settled for. We deserve better than this. And I, I, But I'm with you in the overarching sense that it's not really going to go well if they hire Jim Caldwell. He better get out to like a 14 and 0 head start or the fan base is going to pitch forks and torches. Well, as far as the guy that was kind of the front runner and still is a front runner, Sean Payton, that when he was on with uh, Cowherd, mm-hmm. that um Payton talked about the window into what you know, you get a little insight into what the Saints are going to be asking for in terms of compensation. When Sean Payton's talked with Mickey Loomis, I ultimately think the compensation for the Saints would be a mid or later first round pick. We can arrive at that in a lot of different ways. Denver does have a first round pick. It's going to be a late first round pick, but they will have a first round pick. So they they do have that going out. I guess my question about Sean Payton is this. He talks in glowing terms of, of Mickey Loomis, the, the Saints' current GM. Mm-hmm. 
their relationship is supposedly really, really good. So what what, what are the reasons again he doesn't want to coach in New Orleans? <laughs> what's the I mean I because he built a house out in Manhattan Beach. I mean what I mean he doesn't want to live in New Orleans anymore. I mean I I've I've never quite got because his quarterbacks are Jameis Winston, <laughs> yeah, Andy Dalton, exactly. Hill. I mean, but from a just a relationship standpoint, with Mickey Loomis and the organization, he still speaks fondly of them. It it's it's weird. He doesn't speak fondly of his quarterback room, though, does he? No, he does not. But if you're the Saints, don't you have the ability to perhaps fix that at some somehow some way? I know, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud about Sean Payton. About oh, I'm with you about. Okay, I, what? Okay, like Sean McVay doesn't want to stay at the Rams anymore because he views it as a rebuild. So when you immediately when things start to get a little challenging in terms of the football team you coach, you're gonna ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut bait and I'm gonna go coach some place else. Uh, you know, New Orleans has a really good defense. I'm sure at some point they can figure out a way to solve their quarterback problem. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud or why why Sean Payton if it's not a direct and immediate upgrade, right? Right. If it's not I'm gonna get the Dallas job or I'm you know, I'm I'm going to get the job I'm to think who else would be I'm gonna replace Andy Reid in Kansas City, okay? Mm-hmm. Those are the things I think about with Sean Payton. It's like, well, if it's not and um, you know the teams that are talking to you, if it's not just a huge upgrade over where you've been, yeah, then it, it obviously has to be about where he's living. But then again, why would Denver fit into that? Why would Houston fit into that? If it's wants to be warm weather, okay, Houston, fine. It's Den- pretty damn hot in the summer, though. Den- yeah, Denver's Denver's nice in the summer, but you know it's you're playing it, inside uh, all the time in Houston. Yeah. I mean, but you're also going to an organization that, while the weather might be perfectly, you know, might be nice and all those kind of things, it's an organization that's going through a massive rebuild right now, has fired another, like the Broncos, they fired another first-year head coach. See, and for me, Houston is, I'm not going to say more attractive than Denver, because it's not, but I feel like... It can be argued it's just as attractive. They have multiple first-round picks in multiple upcoming drafts. Which Sean Payton acknowledged that that is a Mm -hmm. huge plus for the Texans. They have any sort of cap room that you can possibly imagine to have. And it's going to be a completely fresh house, right? Unless Nick Casario somehow keeps his job there and... He's got the the ear of the McNair family, so he should. But and and Peyton talked about Casario and said that you know he's mm-hmm. spoken with him in the past, and there's it's not like a super close relationship, but no. it's a but he, he could respects, make it work. Probably he respects what he's done with the during his time with the Patriots. But if he comes in there and says, "I'm the architect of this house, and I am also the contractor," let me do it. If they hire him and part with the compensation that the Saints are going to want. The McNair should agree to that. And then Sean Payton can walk in the doors there and he can do whatever he wants with that roster because there's that flexibility. In Denver, there's really not the, no, he's the same level of flexibility or the draft capital. He does though, inherit a team if he goes to Denver that has a, a top 10, not top 5 defense, mm-hmm. 
potentially could be a, a good offensive football team despite what what we saw this past season. Yeah. I mean, there there are, you know, to use more real, use real estate terms, there's good bones there mm-hmm. when it comes to just the roster as it currently exists. Right. It's a it's a vastly better roster than Houston right there's now. There's way more talent on paper. But, but the other things, you're right. You're, there's mm-hmm. there's there's lots there's lots of, of of money, if you will, to remodel the place to, to to totally start over, be a young football team. Yeah, that might for a year or two may may struggle, but you would have the opportunity to build the roster if if you're Sean Payton the way you want to in Houston. And I feel that continuing our real estate analogies in the AFC West neighborhood. You can remodel that house and still not be the best-looking house on the block two, three, four years down the road. In Houston, you could be the gleaming house on the hill of neighborhood AFC South because all those other teams go from dregs to average on a year-to-year basis. Tennessee lost, what, like eight straight games to end the season? Jacksonville won two or three games the last two years? And now they're in the playoffs. That division is infinitely more winnable than the AFC West right Jacksonville, now. Jacksonville, though, I, I will disagree. Jacksonville looks like they're building something. I'll agree where, with that. Where, where Indianapolis, that's that's a teardown. That's a mm-hmm. that's a mess right now. And Tennessee is kind of the, the, the house, only the house coach that's they fallen, kept is Mike Brable. It's the house that's fallen into disrepair. Yeah, they have a front door, but no other doors, yeah. windows, nothing. But right, if you're talking about just competing in the division, mm-hmm. it's not. It's apples and oranges. I mean, it's the, the South is. Yeah, is there to for you to quickly turn it around and win that division? Because the AFC West is going to be yeah. it's going to be it's going to be tough. But then again, if you're also Peyton, you have to be encouraged with what you saw mm-hmm. from the Broncos when they played the Chiefs the last two times. What you saw the last two weeks of the season from an offensive standpoint that yeah. we had an interim head coach and Jerry Rossberg on the fly, kind of retooling things. And the offense looked looked more than competent. looked looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Their their best probably you know back to back stretch of offensive football they put together all season. So there's 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 plus and minuses in in both jobs. And he's also going to interview Peyton is for the Carolina job as well. Which there's with Brian Burns and, and some of the pieces on defense, the running game. There's there's some good bones there. But then is Sam Darnold. Your quarterback situation is worse in Carolina than it is in Houston because you don't have any draft picks. Yeah, that's true. So, but Sean Payton scheduled interview with the Broncos today. There's all these reports that the Denver's the front runner right now mm-hmm. for him. And my thing about the Denver job is, if Houston gives up a first round draft pick, they still have one this year and two next yeah. year. The Broncos give up their first round draft pick. They're not drafting till Friday. The next two years, yeah. unless they make another move. And is that making them less attractive to Sean Payton? And that's a good question. And and I don't know. That, that certainly has to be something that, that factors into his decision process mm-hmm. of whether or not, you know, what what can we add to the draft when we don't have picks? We, we're not going to have a first-round pick. Yeah. Can we still find value because George Payton, whether people are happy with him or not right now, has managed to find value in the lower rounds. Mm-hmm. And so that is a 
a strength that the Denver still has with Peyton as the GM yeah. with George Peyton is that ability to find talent in those later rounds. But if you need a rock at left tackle, middle of the offensive line, uh, you know somebody on the deep, you find those guys in the first round. Yeah, there's yeah. gems to be found Friday and Saturday. But you're and that's right, great. Yeah. But I mean, you need game breaker, playmaker type help, and those are first round guys. Absolutely. All right. So, got some thoughts on on Harbaugh dropping out of the Broncos coaching search. Uh, also, Avalanche absolutely throttling Detroit yesterday. Thirteen goals in back to back games combined. Thanks, Ottawa and Detroit. Not too shabby. Not too shabby as the uh, Avs put together a pretty nice uh, outing yesterday mm-hmm. against their their old rivals, the Red Wings. And uh, by the way, before we get to what's happening, I uh, went to the MLK Junior uh, event yesterday downtown. David Combs always does such a great job organizing that. Uh, Ramel that comes in with the uh, the motorcyclists with the toy run. He was out there, President John Marshall from CMU. Lots of uh, folks from around here. But our friend Petey Pope, uh, who unfortunately didn't make it for that part of the festivities yesterday, Petey received the Making a Difference Award for uh, all the years he's worked at District 51, for all the years that, uh, you know, obviously he has um, been such a, you know, a a great spokesperson, advocate for the black community here in, in the Grand Valley. So, uh, unfortunately, Petey did not get back in time. It was his anniversary this last weekend. Happy anniversary to, to Petey and, Happy and anniversary. Bobby, but um, but anyway, it was a really nice, really nice event yesterday. So coming up, uh, we're going to talk with Delta basketball coach Rob Ames, also uh, Kyle Crowder. Both Delta teams <coughs> play at uh, Rifle tonight over Sorry, on the Monkey. And we'll also uh, we'll have that coming up, also Mav Day later on. Uh, who do we have right now? Uh, this is uh, Dick. He wants to talk Wild Card Weekend. Okay. All right. Good morning, Dick. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Doing fine. What's on your mind, Dick? Um. I don't know if anybody called in a correction this morning so far yet. Correction on... Yep. I, I believe when you started the, the radio broadcast, I think you made a comment that last night's game was the first ever Monday night game for a wild card game. It was. It was. That's not accurate. Last year was the first year when I believe it was the Rams defeating the... Arizona Cardinals. I think that was the first ever wild card game on Monday night. Um, that's actually true. Yeah, but they kept hyping this as the first ever. They did. I'm with you there. Yeah, I because they kept telling us this is the first ever. Huh. The yeah. NFL. Yeah, last year was us. first, and I, I hope it continues because I, I think that's a yeah. good venue. Yeah, because I forgot that they had played last year, but they kept hyping it. Yeah, throughout the weekend, right? Yeah. The first ever Monday night. It was a year ago tonight that they played that. You're right. You're right, Dick. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Dick. Well, I didn't catch yeah, that either. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, we, so we should yell at uh, the NFL publicists for giving us bogus info. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah because that's what at we can. NFL 345 on Twitter. You can hit them yeah, up and wreck Yeah, because you, I wasn't the only one to hear that, right? Cause that no. Was, I, and I took them out there. Where am I? Wait. Okay, I guess that's true. Yeah. So are you suggesting the NFL lies to us? Yeah. No. No. Never. How dare we say that? How yeah. dare we not take them at their word? <laughs> well, Dick, we appreciate the clarification today. 
You betcha. Have a good day, gentlemen. You too. Thanks. Take care. All I, right. You know, they kept saying that, and I'm like, you know, that doesn't feel right. But I mean, they wouldn't go all weekend, all, like for weeks, not just yeah. this weekend. Yeah, because we've been hearing that featuring Thorson. the first ever Monday night. Maybe it's the first branded Monday night schedule. Football. Well, yeah, that they part first, of yeah. the expanded playoffs, right? Right. Because wasn't it? On maybe Fox or something. I don't know. I don't know. We have to move on here, though, because we have a bunch of interviews. Yeah. But, yeah, Dick, I appreciate that, though. Thank you for, for clarifying that. Let's get to... What's happening? All right, for the second-ever Monday Night Football playoff game, Dallas Cowboys... I feel get, duped. I do, too. Get four touchdown passes from... Dak Prescott last night, they beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers 31-14. to Brady 351, two touchdowns and a pick in what might very well be his final game, at least as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. The Cowboys move on to take on San Francisco in the divisional round. As far as the Avalanche, can you cue the music for me, if you will? Uh, yeah, let me put the after. Disc I'm just going to have to move on here while you find it. After blowing out Ottawa 7 to nothing on Saturday, the Avalanche once again had another big offensive game in beating Detroit 6-3 to on Martin Luther King Jr. Day in Denver. Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr scored two goals apiece in the win. It was the first time since March 13th to the 18th of last season that Colorado scored 10 unanswered goals. Broncos are down one candidate for the coaching job. University of Michigan President Santa Ono released a statement on Twitter that he spoke with Jim Harbaugh on the phone and that the Michigan coach plans on staying with the Wolverines. Harbaugh met with Denver virtually last Monday uh, to talk about the Broncos head coaching job. Harbaugh also released a statement saying that his heart is at the University of Michigan. Broncos slated to meet with former New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton today. For the second time this season, the Fruit of Monument Palisade boys basketball teams will face each other as the Wildcats host the Bulldogs this evening. The two teams met at the Palisade Holiday Tournament. The Wildcats getting 18 points from Austin Reed and a 73-26 victory. Fruit of coach Jake Aguirre says the Bulldogs getting guard Nicholas Campbell back from injury as to the scoring they already have with former Fruit of Monument player Luke Fay and Josh Sato. Well, you know, now that the Campbell kid's getting healthy, you know, he, he's, a, he's a guy for them. But, you know, you never know with Corey's team, man. He does a good job all the time. He'll get, you know, points wherever they need to get them from whoever. He, his guys are always playing hard. For DeMond, it's 11-1 of the season. Palisade is 8-6. and six. They'll tip off around 7 o'clock tonight on the team. Before that, we'll have the Fruit Monument girls hosting Palisade. Wildcat girls are off to a 9-3 and three start. The Bulldogs are 5-9. and nine. Palisade coach Don Baver says that Fruita coach Jeff Johnson likes to use the press to force turnovers and easy buckets. Well, they thrive off their press. you got to be able to break the press. So they're going to definitely get up in you and uh, look to get some early steals. So we got to have a good solid press break when we play Fruita. And uh, Jeff took over that program for Michael Wells and just kind of hasn't missing a beat. And the team will have coverage starting the pregame at 5.15 with the girls tip off at 5.30. The boys around 7 o'clock tonight. Two Colorado Mesa men's basketball players are on the Bevo Francis watch list. Mavericks forward Trevor Baskin and guard Blaze Threat are on that list. The 6'8 Baskin is averaging almost 15 points per game and seven rebounds. Threat leads CMU in scoring at 19 points per game. The award goes to the top player in men's college basketball from the NCAA D2, D3, NAI, United States Collegiate Athletic Association, and Colorado College, or excuse me, the Christian College ranks. It's named after former Rio Grande, Texas standout Bevo Francis. A national letter of intent day is fast approaching, and one Grand Valley football standout is staying in town. Central Titan Cash Walker tweeted over the weekend that he'll sign with head coach Miles Cochaver and Colorado Mesa. Walker had 20 catches for 300 yards with a team leading five touchdowns for the Warriors this past season. And that's what's happening.
All right, Delta Boys basketball coach Rob Ames is going to join us next on the Jim Davis Show. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado sports leader, the team. Talking Delta Boys basketball with Coach Rob Ames on the team. And Rob Ames is brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Rob Ames joins us. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you, by the way. Thank you. Happy uh, Tuesday, Monday on a Tuesday, I guess, huh? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It's kind of how today's working out. Well, uh, good start to 2023 for your basketball team. You did take the loss at Steamboat in a close one, 39-37, uh, and then also had that, that loss to Alamosa. But uh, a nice win against Coleridge, 57-52. Anytime you beat Paul Harvey's basketball team, you know that uh, that's always a quality victory for your squad. That's for sure. That was a, that was a lot of fun Saturday night. Uh, we're real pleased with the way we played against Steamboat as well on Friday night. We just... Uh, they made buckets when we didn't, and that's how it ended up. But uh, the Coleridge game was a lot of fun. It's a great gym, and like you said, Paul Harvey's Harvey's the best there is. Well, right now your team three and seven overall, one and one in the four A Western Slope League, and you know coming out of the the holiday break, you know with, with the games of Centauri and Alamosa and Steamboat and Coleridge, what were some things you really were, you know when we talked? I know before Centauri, some things you were really trying to focusing you know, focus on for the start of the, the second half of the season, if you will, do you feel like you're meeting some of those goals through these first now four games you've played here in 2023? We do. We're happy with the uh, progress we're making. We're climbing the ladder still. We still have things we're trying to improve on, obviously, but um, we're trying to turn over the ball less and win more on the glass, and those things are starting to turn for us. And we feel like if we can continue to win the rebounds, um, that we'll be in every game that we play from here on out. As we mentioned before, you know some of your players like Tucker Johnson, they just came you know right off the football season, making it to the two A state uh, basket or two A state football championship game. Rob, mm-hmm. uh, do you feel like those guys now that you're you know four games into the, the second half of the schedule, feel like those guys are, are more in, in in basketball shape and and uh, have kind of knocked the rust off a little bit? I do, I do. You know, I was uh, listening to Kenny the Jet Smith say something the other night that I thought about us. He said, "You don't." You don't, you don't play basketball to get in shape. You get in shape to play basketball. And it feels like that's where, that's where we're getting now. Um, I'm real pleased with how hard the guys are playing. They play hard all the time. But now we're, we're getting in that basketball shape. You uh, take on Rifle tonight. And for uh, the Bears, it's been, it's been a rough start to the season. For, uh, for Rifle, they have uh, really struggled out of the gate. Uh, they're, they're winless. They're 0-11. They're 0-3 in league play. That's not something we're used to seeing from that program going back to the, the Roger Walter days. That's for sure. Um, I These are the kind of nights that scare the daylights out of me. I've been on the other side. I've been an 0-3 basketball team, and you look up and you see a three-win team, and you think, all right, this is the night we're going to get them. This is the night we're going to turn it all. So we're going to do our best not to, uh, not to let that come true for them. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been. I know it's tough sometimes, and uh, – I'm I'm sorry that it's going that way, but we're hoping that it keeps going that way at least uh, until about nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> Rob Ames, coach of the Delta Panthers boys basketball team, with us. Uh, give us a little scouting report on this rifle basketball team. Well, they're long. They're missing a couple guys that uh, were big contributors for them, 
So um, there's going to be a little bit of a mystery coming in to see who really is their, their top five. But um, they're going to be athletic. Uh, I know they're going to be quick. So we're just going to do our best to guard them. And uh, we want to close out on other shooters. they got a couple guys that like to shoot it from the arc. So we're going to challenge that and hopefully get some long rebounds and get off and run. Uh, their coach, uh, uh, Latimus uh, Grabe, I, I've had a chance to talk with him a couple of times, Rob. Uh, what, what kind of style does he bring to that basketball team? I know that he, he played high school basketball here in the States. I uh, believe he is from Lithuania, so he has kind of a, a little bit of a European uh, exposure to basketball as well. What are some of the things that you see from his squad that, that he kind of brings to that, that ta- the, to the table in terms of how he coaches that team? Well, you know, he likes to be, uh, he likes to be multiple defensively, likes to keep them off, tra- off balance a little bit. So we'll hopefully be ready for that. And offensively, he likes to move the ball around the edge a little bit. Not necessarily your classic five-out look, but something kind of close, try to keep it around there, and that's why they've got so many guys that shoot it from the edge. Um, We've we got to be ready. we got to be ready because they're going to be quick, and uh, we know they're going to be athletic because they're rifle. And um, I'm a big fan of their football coach down there, so I know a couple of those guys are football players. So I know it'll be tough too. Yeah, Ryan Whittington, of course, was at Delta with uh, Ben Johnson for so many years. Of course, the the rifle right. football coach, and you you know him quite well. So, uh, Robbie, I appreciate the time. We will have the boys' game tonight. Delta at Rifle in Western Slope Lake play. Mark Cantrell, Abbott Forest uh, over on the Monkey, 95.7 here in the Valley, 97.1 in Delta with the uh, boys tipping it off around 7.30 tonight. Rob, I always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always great talking to you. Have a great week, Jim. You too. Take care. Rob Ames, coach of the Delta Panther boys. And boys playing a Rifle tonight, likewise for the Delta Panther girls. Get in the huddle with Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder on the team. All right, and Cal Crowder brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. And uh, right now, joining us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Kyle Crowder. Delta girls off to a 5-5 five and five start, 2-0 and oh in league play. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, just like the boys, uh, your girls team able to get the win at Coleridge this last Saturday. Uh, good victory in, in league play, and uh, you get the fifty-four to fifty-four to forty-eight victory over Coleridge. Uh, kind of take us through that game a little bit, because like I said, that's a it's a game that uh, you're now uh, two and zero in league play thanks to that victory over the Titans. Yeah, you know, I think this is kind of putting us in the driver's seat where we want to be. You know, we kind of expect it to be, um, you know, the top of this league. So. It's a good start for us. Uh, we went in and uh, we played pretty well that game. You know, we're starting to finish a little bit better on the offensive end. And, you know, when you make baskets, life gets a lot simpler. So um, I feel like the kids have, have grown a lot in the last couple of weeks. Their confidence is up. Um, I feel like we're executing well. So, um, you know, just pleased with the effort that we had going into that game and excited for tonight. Well, Kylie Huff certainly had a, a strong game for you, 19 points uh, in that game, so she was really good at the offensive end for you. You know, Kylie has just been a really bright spot for us this whole year. You know, she kind of dominated that whole weekend down at Palisade. Um, you know, she's long. She has a good head for being around the basket. She she can finish in transition. Um, she's kind of amazing. Sometimes it looks like the ball's going to sail over her head about four feet, and she jumps up and grabs that thing out of the air. Um, so she's got great hands, and, and like you said, she's, she's good around the basket. So uh, she can do a lot of things, but she also packs the stats, man. She, 
she can get steals and and she can uh, facilitate uh, kind of like a point guard. So she's doing a lot of really good things for us. So we're excited about having her um, in the in the place where she's at right now. Kyle Crowder, Delta Girls basketball coach, with us. Uh, rifle tonight, Kyle, for your team. You, you go there. They're seven and seven overall, two and one in uh, Western Slope League play right now, and they're coming off. Uh, a uh, low-scoring victory, but a but a three-point victory nonetheless. Uh, getting the victory against Steamboat Springs, twenty-three to twenty. Give us a little scouting report on the Sailors. Um, you mean Rifle? I mean, I'm sorry on on Rifle who knocked off uh, Steamboat this last weekend by three. Yeah. Yes, give us the scat. You, you don't have yeah. We'll save we'll save the Sailors for down the road at some point. Yes, the, the Bears. Give for us sure. the scouting report on on the Rifle Bears tonight. Um, you know, I, I can't honestly say that I know that much about them. We, we haven't played rifle much in the past, um, but just just talking to a few people, we know that they got a few girls that can shoot it from the outside. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things, going into a game, being a little less prepared, I think is sometimes good for our kids because we have to make adjustments on the fly. So we're going to just try to go out and control the things that we can control, you know, and, and try to limit their chances from the three-point line because I think that's a place that uh, – we, we've gotten hurt the last few games. So if we can just contest those threes and make sure we're continuing to get better in, in all aspects of the game, I think that we're going to have some success tonight. And Blake Hostetler for a Rifle. They're leading score at uh, 8.5 points per game. Uh, she's also tied for the rebounding lead at uh, five boards per contest. And when, when you talk about your team and, and what you've seen here to start the second half of the season, Kyle, What's been the thing you've been the most pleased in regard to maybe some progress from your team, you know, going into that holiday break and coming out here to start out 2023? You know, we're just playing a really good team ball right now. I have a group of girls that they're just so unselfish. You know, they're always looking for that extra pass. The other night against Steamboat, we had 27 field goals and we had 21 assists on those uh, 27 field goals. So we're sharing the ball well. Um, the offense is is confidence right now. You know, we're just playing with more confidence. We've still got a few girls that, that are struggling a little bit around the hoop. Um, but overall, you know, we're shooting the ball a little bit better from the outside as well. So, um, you know, a lot of that is kind of contributed to the fact that, that uh, we're getting a little more leadership right now. Our seniors are kind of stepping up and, and taking control and kind of leading us in the right direction, getting everything where it needs to be. And then the rest of it just kind of falls into place when you can have that to start. Well, Kyle, I appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight to you and the uh, the Panther girls at Rifle this evening. And we'll have coverage on 95.7 The Monkey here in the Valley, 97.1 in Delta. Mark Kandrell will have the call for in both the girls and the boys with girls pregame right around 545 tonight. Kyle, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jim. All right, Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panther girls basketball team. Yes, Rifle, not Steamboat tonight on the schedule. Rifle beat Steamboat by three last Saturday. All right, so busy night of high school basketball with uh, Fruit and Palisade here on the team, and then Delta at Rifle tonight over on the Monkey, so make sure you uh, tune it in tonight. Lots of high school basketball action on the team and our sister station, the Monkey. All right, 738, Jim along with the Buckeye boy, Wyatt Thompson, our college basketball insider, will join us in just a few minutes. It's time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, what do you have, Buckeye? Well, we've talked a lot about football here in this first 38 minutes of the program. We've touched very little on Saturday night's epic charger ring 
by the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, yeah. Up 27 to nothing in the first half, and they ultimately lose. But one man was flying the flag for the Jags at halftime, and that would be former Jag Maurice Jones-Drew. And not only is it a rumor, NFL Network has it on tape. One man, one man stood alone, shouting at the top of the mountain, I believe in the Jaguars. Who is that man? It's halftime. The Chargers are up 27 to 7. The most Charger thing to do is allow the Jags back in the game in the second half, and they went on a last second field goal. All right, and I'm gone. Sit your butt back here. But, I mean, it wasn't last second field goal, but still. Maurice Jones drew, essentially calling his shot on NFL Network. And then Trevor Lawrence goes late night Saturday to a Waffle House. Yeah, I saw that. Which is how all good Georgia boys should celebrate wins. Absolutely. So, still holding out hope that the WWE has to send a championship belt to the owners of their competition when the Jags win the Super Bowl. There's That'd still, be hilarious. There's still a chance. Still a chance. Still a chance. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Listening to the Jim Davis Show on the team 101 FM 1340 AM Grand Junction. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson, on the Jim Davis Show. And with us right now on the Chick fil A Breakfast Team phone line is the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? I'm great, Parker. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Hope you had a great weekend. Let's see, um, just a little basketball game coming up. With uh, your Wildcats in Kansas, you know, just just taking on the defending national champions. No big deal, right? But that that didn't counter tonight between your Wildcats and in Kansas. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's here and upon us again. A uh, little bit different though this time because K State, even though they dropped uh, a couple of two or three spots uh, in the AP poll from eleven to thirteen, and they dropped to fifteenth in the coaches poll. This is the first time, I think, since 2013 that both teams are in the top 15 when they match up. Uh, K-State's got a new coach and off to a 15-2 and uh, and 4-1 and one league start. So I think there's even a little bit more oomph to the thing, if you will. And, of course, KU being the defending national champions never hurts. <laughs> so it should be a lot of fun. And tickets are hard to come by. And Jerome Tang is the new coach at Kansas State. Uh, tell us a little more about him and about uh, why you feel like this team has responded to his coaching in, in his first year coaching the Wildcats. Well, first and foremost, I guess everybody should know he has spent the previous 19 years at Baylor working himself up from the third assistant when he was first hired to associate head coach in the final handful of years in that 19-year run. Matter of fact, 20 years ago he was a high school coach and now goes against Hall of Famer Bill Self tonight. I, I think that's kind of an all-American kind of story in its own right, but not too many people have taken that angle. Uh, but, but he did a great job with Scott Drew at Baylor, taking them from kind of the depths of the Big 12 to you know, kind of a national brand and, and a national championship a couple of years ago in 2021. Really good recruiter. I, I think all of us thought he would be able to do that. Uh, a lot of people wondered if he was a good enough X's and O's guy, and I, I think he's proven that in just 17 games that he is that. Um, lots of personality. Um, 
he's really done a nice job of building this roster from 2 to 15 and, and putting it together pretty quickly. So I think he knows what he's doing. What's impressed me the most, though, is filling out that roster not only with good players, but with people that fit how he wants to do things both on and off the floor. That's not the easiest thing to do, and I think he's done a really good job of that. And I think that the team that he has this year, Wyatt, I mean, obviously you've you've been calling Wildcats basketball for a long time, that the team that, that was on the floor last year for Kansas State, this is a much better addition of it, the Bill Self and, and the Jayhawks face tonight at Bramblage. Yeah, that, that's pretty well said because, I, I, you know, nothing against, you know, you know, the last couple of teams in the Bruce Weber era, but this team is longer. It's more athletic. They have, you know, guys that can play multiple positions, so there are more options there. They play at a faster pace because of their athletic uh, talent and length. Um, and it's a really – I say this in a lot of interviews, Jim. I think people wonder what I'm talking about when I say this sometimes, but I love the balance of the roster, meaning – they have a really good mixture uh, of veteran players, which you have to have this day and age or, or prefer to have, and then are bringing along some really talented young guys. I would give you a couple of examples just right off the bat. Everybody knew going into the year that Marquise Noel, who was one of the two returners, had a chance to be an awfully fine player in his senior season, and he's been every bit of that. Keontae Johnson was a big-time talent at Florida. He's been out of the game for a couple of years. He was the final piece of the recruiting puzzle. Then you have a Tyke Green who was at Stony Brook and Desi Sills who was at Arkansas and Arkansas State and Bebe Egiola who was at Hofstra. All of those guys have, have played a lot of basketball and have fit in here. And then you get some of the younger pieces like a Cam Carter and a Naquan Tomlin, and all of a sudden you've got a pretty good group of guys. He's the voice of Kansas State Wildcats. He's our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson. He'll have the call tonight when the Wildcats play host to the defending national champion, the Kansas Jayhawks, Jalen Wilson, who has never lost a game to Kansas State. Uh, This could very well be his last game at Bramlage uh, because good likelihood he'll probably uh, go to the NBA after the season. Uh, Wilson, of course, tremendous talent for Bill Self. They've also been getting some really good production from K.J. Adams, Jr., was named the Big 12 Player of the Week, and I believe for the first time in his career, he received that honor. So those two guys, big, important pieces for Bill Self in tonight's game against Kansas State. Well, let's start with Jalen. 6'8", 220, a Texas kid from Denton, really long and athletic, leads the league in scoring, second in the league in rebounding, 10th in field goal percentage, first in defensive rebounds, second in minutes, and those are just a few of the categories he's in. He's a really, really talented player. Uh, and then you mentioned K.J. He, that's a good catch on your part, Jim, because everybody knows how good Grady Dick is as a freshman and Kevin McCuller, the transfer from Tech, and Dewan Harris, the point guard. But K.J.'s been the real piece to get them to where they are right now. He's been in double figures in 10 straight games, and over that stretch is averaging 14 points a game. And this is for a guy who a year ago, Think about this. One season ago, he averaged one point per game. He gets good coaching, and he's just exploded onto the scene this year. And at 6'7", 220, he's a hard matchup. He's not a typical five-man, 
I mean, he's not David McCormick in any way, shape, or form. But you know what? In this day and age of college basketball, where it's it's almost like the NBA now, where positions don't mean as much, uh, he he fits pretty well into that group. I'll say that. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, Wyatt Thompson, voice Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider, has uh, number two Kansas takes on number thirteen Kansas State tonight in Manhattan, and Wyatt will have the call on that one tonight. Uh, when you look around the top twenty-five, you have uh, Houston still number one. And it's kind of surprising they're still number one, White, considering uh, that team right now for uh, for Calvin Sampson is just a really beat-up basketball team. Calvin Sampson, like I said, it's uh, he says, sometimes you just got to get lucky. I thought we got lucky against South Florida. We could have lost that game. They have yeah. a lot of injuries right now, but they're still the number one team in the nation at 17-1. and one. He's almost like a fine wine, right? Better with age. Oh yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and not that he, yeah, not that he wasn't good earlier in his career. I mean, he's had he's been a really good coach for a long, long time. Uh, but but you're right. They have overcome both last year and this year with with a lot of injuries, and they still sit there at whatever seventeen and one. Um, everybody likes their toughness. I think it starts there, doesn't it? I mean, they just. They defend, they rebound, they move the ball. They do so many good things. I really like them. Uh, are they the best team in the country? I don't know that for sure, but I love what they're doing. They're, they're really good. Is Kansas the best team in the country right now? Well, you know what? You could argue that. Um, the other team that I really – not that there aren't you know, a handful of teams that I like, but I also – Purdue with with Edie in the middle is so uniquely different than everybody else, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the, I have, yeah. the game yesterday with Michigan State. Michigan State is such a hard place to win at. They had a guy that went off and had 30, and Purdue still won the game. Um, <laughs> I, I think Matt Painter is really, really good. Uh, having a seven foot two guy in the middle who can go get you 30 and 15 every night is a little rare. So I would say, again, this is just the 17th of January. We have a long way to go. But uh, if I was picking one team and this was March, I, I might say Purdue now. But I might that might not be my answer You know, a couple months from now. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Which team right now do you feel like that's in the top 10 probably isn't a top 10 team? With the top ten team of, of Houston, Kansas, Purdue, Alabama, UCLA, Gonzaga, Texas, Xavier, Tennessee, Virginia. Which one of those teams you feel like isn't really a top ten team that maybe has been overvalued by by the folks with you know with the AP top twenty five? Well, you're in the western part of the country, and I'll probably make people mad at saying this, but but probably Gonzaga. I I don't know that they're at the same national level. Uh, as they've been, and yet that's almost disrespectful, isn't it? Because they do have Drew Timmy and they have pieces. But but I, I don't think I can look at those other teams. I mean, I guess my second choice would maybe be Xavier, but, but I'll, I'll plead ignorance here. It's just because I haven't seen them as right. much. I got a chance to see them the other day a little bit. We, we know they're well coached. They play hard. That, that's a given with Sean Miller, right? I mean, it just is. Um I'll be honest, too. I was a little surprised that Tennessee lost at home to Kentucky under those circumstances. Yeah. But I, Alabama's really talented. UCLA's good. I think Texas most of the time is pretty good. 
Virginia is so well coached. I mean, even Arizona at 11, man, they're, they're a lot of good teams out there. There's no doubt that that's, what's going to be fun about this. I, <laughs> uh, I, I just, this is going to be a really fun year in college basketball, I think. And I think for Alabama, with what happened with, with Darius Miles charged with capital murder, who's he no, no longer part of the team, uh, arrested for, for killing a woman, you know, that, that, you know, he's no longer part of the team, obviously, but, you know, what, you know, what kind of ramifications, what kind of ripple effect could that have on that team going forward when yes. you have a teammate that's been charged with murder? How will players deal with that? Will they be able to, to tune out that particular situation moving forward will be will be a, a challenge for for the crimson tide i think yeah i think this is probably something that will hang over them for the rest of the season no matter what is is written or said don't you think i mean it's just such a a staggering thing uh it, it's it has to have some effect every day it, it just i mean I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't um yeah they're well coached yeah they have great talent they may have the best freshman in the country um he may be the best player in the country um i don't know if you've seen much of them yet but they're really good uh but this this has got it's a (laughs) it's the darkest of clouds as far as i'm concerned absolutely no doubt hey Wyatt, have a great call tonight should be a fun one k-state in kansas appreciate it my friend yes sir good talking to you jim likewise take care Wyatt thompson voice kansas state wildcats our college basketball insider all right 755 coming up next hour we'll talk a little colorado mesa women's basketball with taylor wagner we'll have pole dancing as well uh that's uh coming up along with the uh, triple play record stadium cinema so uh text in today got some thoughts jim harbaugh out of the coaching search for the broncos text or call us 970-242-1340